1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in feathered. I don't know. Feathers. Feathered. <laughs> feathered. Right. Like it's feathered. in there. Yeah. Oh, it's in there. Like feathered hair, feather. I don't, I don't know. Um, I am grasping at this point.
2: Feathered <laughs> animals.
1: Right. It was in honor of you. And the Birds animal a
2: Feathered.
1: Yes. We're all feathered Yes. Thank you. I'm so glad you're supporting my word choice. Always. We're just going to have to keep doing the her and something or the she and something because it's like our thing. But at this point, I'm going to tell you guys they don't really have anything to do with it's, the show.
2: Well, and it's going to get a little obscure, guys. Cause, <laughs> yes. um, you know, you'd think there were a lot of. So, like, one of these days, we're going to be like, we put the she and she. And you're going to be like, well, that's not fun. We're be like, well, we were out of options. We're out, so, of, we're out
1: of words here. But
2: we're going to be faithful to that. Yes,
1: we are. Just we're going to stick with it. So. <laughs> Anyway, my name is Summer White. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that I care for you so much that if you were abducted by a rare fish collector and taken across the ocean to be held captive by a teeth doctor, I would definitely fight jellyfish
2: to come rescue you. (laughs) I'd be a little bit jealous that you got to take the journey and not me, honestly, because of all the amazing animals that you would meet along the way Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right I am Joy and um, you are my beautiful co-host Summer White (laughs) and Summer if I saw you uh, standing sadly on the sidelines of a school dance I would ask the DJ to play our song and then stand in the center of the dance floor and hold my hand out to you in a very dramatic (laughs) sort of like wanna dance kind of way (laughs) Um and everyone would be like these two are the coolest.
1: We're so cool. Right. It's so 80s. We went really 80s today with the feathered hair and the school dance. <laughs> right. Not mm-hmm. even intentionally. Right.
2: We're just connected. I don't remember any of the 80s. I, d- I was alive for the very last, the last year couple of months.
1: <laughs> right.
2: So. Okay.
1: So you guys, today is the day. I'm super excited for this interview. We have a guest today that I just don't even know if y'all are ready for. Uh, my dad introduced me to her work in 2014, I want to say, um, and this is it. I mean, after this, I don't Here even know where to go. Like, <laughs> what do I even do after this? So today we have the author of... You know
2: what we could...
1: What? Never mind. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: Today we have We're just very excited. Uh, we're just so excited. I don't my palms are sweaty. Today we have the author of The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert and then recently Openness Unhindered Rosaria Butterfield and Rosaria, we're so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you. What a
0: what a wacky introduction. <laughs> we tried it. I can't imagine how we were going to go from here. But it's, it's my joy and, and, and privilege and pleasure to be joining you today. So oh, thank we're you. Just,
1: we're so humbled that you agreed to come on our show. We like to keep it light. We hope our listeners have a good time, but then sometimes we touch on really heavy things and you know what? That's kind of the Christian life though, right? right. Like yes, we absolutely is. We're the most we have the most reason to be joyful of anyone else and we also experience all the lows and lows of life and so I think our show just reflects that and also joy and I are just silly. Right, absolutely. So Rosaria, uh, my dad, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, sometimes he goes on these like four or five hour long bike rides, and he came back from a bike ride one day, and he was like, "Listen, I just listened to this entire book on my bike ride, and I, I like barely got in the door before I bought it for you on Kindle, and you have to read it." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And it was uh, your first book, "The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert," and it was so helpful to me at that time uh, mm-hmm. because I. Uh, I just, I had a lot of friends uh, in the homosexual community. I worked at Starbucks for a long time. And so kind of my formative years, I spent Mm -hmm. um, making friends with people who had very different lives than me, which I think was actually a very good thing for me. Right. Um, I do too. Yes. So anyway, that was my introduction to you. But could you tell, uh, just give a little brief who you are for our two to five listeners who don't know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I think it's really funny that your dad read Secret Thoughts on a, on a Bike Ride. I really <laughs> discourage people from reading anything I've written while they're in motion of any kind. <laughs> I mean, unless you take a Dramamine first, I just don't think it's a good idea. Right, but, right. He's very um, intense. Well, yeah, and even though it's probably morning where you all are, it's the end of a long school day here, Right. So, um, you know, I homeschool two children. One with a little bit of a right brain issue, and the other with a little bit of a left brain issue. So, I'm actually talking with you all while having a little bit of a no brain issue. So, <laughs> You've come to the right place. <laughs> good. Good. I'm so glad to know that. So, my name is Rosaria. I um, I'm a a, a, a child of God. I am um. A follower of Jesus. I'm uh, a very messy follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I um, am, I homeschooled uh, my two youngest children. We've adopted, my husband and I have adopted four children and two of our children we adopted out of foster care at the age of 17. So I have actually adopted people who stood a foot taller than I do upon my first meeting with them. That might set me apart a bit. <laughs> I am a writer Um, in the wee hours of the morning, I write between four and 6 AM because I've discovered that if anybody, if any living human is up in my house, I cannot write. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs and the cats are fine. I have them really well trained. (laughs) I spent my formative years, um, in serially monogamous lesbian relationships and, uh, working as a, um. LGBT rights activist and professor and I have a PhD in hermeneutics and I was tenured at Syracuse and so um, and I'm now a pastor's wife so I just bring a lot of very strange things together yeah um, and and I try to write I try to write books that I think will actually help Christians um, understand a little better how to Maintain a a a clear and decisive submission to Christ, and at the same time, um, draw neighbors who are really, who just really hate us. I mean, genuinely so, uh, into a, a a knowledge of of the Lord. Right. So, that's me.
1: That's you. That's great. <laughs> um, I know that you know sometimes when you. You're so nice, right? Like, so I can, I can, my children don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can, I can testify to the same thing in my life.
0: (laughs) the only person saying that in this house right now, just to let you know.
1: (laughs) I totally understand that tension. I also cannot write when either of my little ones are awake. So Mm -hmm. I get that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you're so, you know, I hear it in your voice, you're so sweet. You're so nice. But I know there are times when you, you go to visit college campuses to give talks that maybe not everyone would agree with my sentiment. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. How does that go when you have, um, I don't think protesters are the right word. I think we would call them
0: demonstrators. Uh, It's a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had both and those you're right. You're right to say that those are different. You know, those are different folks. Right. Um, absolutely. Right. Um, so when, yeah. you,
1: when you go to address topics, like what are some of the um topics that you've gone to address where you've experienced, say, a protest or a demonstration against you being
0: there? Right, right. Well, the biggest one is uh, when a, a college, either Christian or secular, will invite me to um, share my testimony. And that pretty much is what's recorded in the book, The Secret, Thights, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. And um, and so I've sometimes I'm invited to share my testimony in chapel or in convocation. Um, if it's a Christian school or if it's a secular school, I'm, I'm invited to share my testimony or, or offer some kind of comment on, on worldview issues, usually invited by um, our UF, Reformed University Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And um, often about a week before I go onto campus, the poor, um, misguided um, chaplain or RUF director who invited <laughs> me is sort of contemplating whether selling insurance would be a good <laughs> idea after this whole thing blows over. Right, right. Yeah. Where, where do you but, think the you know,
1: opposition comes from when you go to a college campus?
0: Well, right. it, you know, it tends to come from from everywhere and, and I'm not you know I'm not su- surprised this is the world I helped create mm-hmm. so I I do understand the explosive um, even danger that I present to some people so I'm not I'm not terribly surprised by it um, right. uh, it, it really it started the very f- at the very first time I ever spoke publicly after the publication of secret thoughts. So it wasn't like this just came up after a burger file or, you know, it's just, it's not, you know, when somebody like me says, I, I heard the Lord's voice and I believed it and I gave up everything that I had once loved to follow it, you know, I'm either a dangerous idiot or, you know, maybe there's something there. Right. So I, I can really, really appreciate appreciate that. So when I go on a college campus, I am a guest. I, I am no longer a professor. I, in fact, I, I have no legitimacy as a professor. I stopped publishing in my field in 2000. That's been a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not a professor. I'm I'm a homeschool mom, and I'm an a, a writer. I'm a pastor's wife, and when I go onto a college campus, I try to act like a good guest. And what that means for me is I make room in my schedule to sit down and meet with anyone who does not want me to be on campus. Um, I am open and transparent with the campus media. And um, I have a talk back session after my talk where basically the students tell me, you know, what was wrong with what I said. And I also have a public and an open Q&A time, which is not micromanaged by anybody. And uh, students and members of the community where I'm speaking are allowed to ask me any question. And I answer their questions to the best of my ability. And Sometimes when people stand up and they grandstand, I just say, Well, do you want to have the last word on this? I mean, I'm I'm a guest here. I've just lectured for an hour. I (laughs) you all know,
1: I think. (laughs) Right. You know, right. This isn't this isn't
0: new. Um and so I think in the process of doing that, I've gotten to get to know students well. I mean, well enough that they've shared some of their secrets and shared some of their pain. And um and in the process, they've even allowed me to ask some probing questions. And, um, and I think that that's, that's very good. I think that modeling that the Christian faith is a dynamic, thoughtful, um, informed, but also gracious uh, way of living, it, that's really new information in terms of the way a post-Abergefell world caricatures us right so um you know although quite frankly i have to take a lot of tums to get you know, to get there yeah um, I, i've never i've never regretted uh going onto a college campus and listening to the students who are demonstrating against me or the or the activists who are protesting against me i've never regretted it at all and i and i hope that god was honored in those encounters and you know the thing that you don't see i mean you know the, all of this like everything in the world now is on YouTube. So a lot of it, this is on YouTube, but mm-hmm. well, what you don't see are the coffee shop conversations. You don't see the text messages that I get six months to a year after an event. You don't, you don't hear about the conversions. You don't hear about the dynamic um, Bible studies that are now going on between the pride community and the RUF community. Um, and that I think is, is really vital. Right. So, you know, nothing's lost. It's not a, it's not the fact that you have people who dislike you is I think just the sign that you're actually saying something that's maybe worth, worth responding to.
1: Amen. God's word doesn't return void. So I love that you do that and you take that position. I wish I could be at one of those coffee shop talks. Right. I'd pay for they're that. They're phenomenal. I bet. I they're, bet they are. They're
0: phenomenal, and I probably recently the thing that has been a big a bigger issue maybe this last year has been transgender issues and you know at these coffee talk you know at the coffee shop when it's really there's no uh there's no media and you know there's maybe the RUF director or the the college chaplain or somebody but it's pretty low key that's when students really open up to me about really what they're thinking as they're reaching for a uh, a gender identity that does not match their biological sex and you know those are those are vital things for christians to to listen to and if if god allows to speak into because if if christians cannot understand the agony the absolute agony of the imprint of original sin on our lives. And by that, I mean, guess what? We're all born that way. Mm-hmm. It's called, we're born in Adam and we're born with a, with a disintegrating relationship between mind and body and body and gender. And if Christians can't identify and sympathize, I don't know who can.
1: Right, right. What would you say the biggest stumbling block currently is between the church and reaching people in the, the communities that you were just mentioning? Um reaching people who um identify as transgender, who are part of the homosexual homosexual community. What's our biggest stumbling block in the way right now?
0: Yeah, well, you know, a big a big stumbling block is that the LGBTQ rights movement has introduced this new vocabulary. And everywhere I go, Christians are just kind of stumbling over their words and not sure what words to use. And, and you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a powerful trick. You know, Orwell understood it. We need to understand it. If you change the language, you change the logic. And I think it's really made Christians feel almost unable to speak, afraid that they're going to make a mistake at every turn. So I think, you know, that's that's one thing. I think another issue that we might be struggling with is um, is our theology. You know, if if you have an arminian theology, if you believe that you were just such a good little smarty pants that you made all these good choices for Christ, you know, you dropped to your knees, you said the sinner's prayer, you did it right, you jumped through the hoops and that's why God loves you and that's why God accepts you and that's why you're a Christian. You know, you just you're you're not You're not able to think clearly uh, about how, you know, what conversion really is. I mean, I, I certainly made choices along the course of this journey, but the truth of the matter is I was dead and I needed to be rescued. Right. And, and, and that was not because I was a lesbian, but because I was an unbeliever. Right. Mm -hmm. I was not I was not ever converted out of homosexuality. I was converted out of unbelief, and after that, the Lord started working on my sense of identity, specifically what it means to be a godly woman. And um, and you know, one of the things that we need to be mindful of is that sin is deception, and to be deceived is not to take a wrong turn on a highway. That's just making a mistake. And if that's that's the level of your relationship to sin, you don't need a a, a bloody atoning savior. You need a better app on your iPhone or a bell or a buzzer (laughs) or seeing dog maybe. But you don't need a bloody savior. Um, To be deceived means to be taken captive by an evil force to do its bidding. Hmm. That's what it means to be deceived. And when you are deceived by your sin, you need a rescuer. And that 's what we have in the lord jesus christ mm-hmm. and and so i i don't think um, I sometimes just don 't think that Christians want to go that deep and dirty on this on this topic on this topic of what you know how bad off we were and how much we needed the Lord to rescue us.
1: Right. but I think
0: that if we 're honest with ourselves, we would be much more effective in in helping other people.
1: Right. Would you say then that reformed theology or a theology that really understands um, total depravity uh, and Mm -hmm. our nature before the Lord, before we're saved, would be the most consistent system through which to reach that group of people?
0: Well, and the most loving, you know, and the most loving. You will never hear uh, anyone who understands systematic theology um, deny when somebody says, I'm born this way. I mean, we believe that original sin is the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the 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 um the great Puritan Thomas Goodwin pictured two giants who represent mankind. One is Adam and one is Christ. And every single person is literally hooked to the belt to one of those giants. We know what that means. To be born in Adam means that you are not just, you know, sort of, distorted or fallen in a natural sense, in a kind of semi pelagius or even a Catholic sense. But we understand it to really have the full import and impact of Romans 5, that being born in Adam means that we are guilty and corrupt. And for some of us, that guilt and corruption finds its expression in, in homosexual desires or in absolutely loathing the body we were born in and craving the gendered body of someone else. I mean, we understand that that's a pretty logical consequence of original sin. And we don't try to jolly people out of their problems. You know, an Arminian takes a look at the, the subject of homosexuality and in some, in some ways under, undermines both the, 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 the sin nature behind it And the solution in front of you, you know, an Arminian would say, well, you know, homosexuality is not a sin to be mortified. It's a, you know, it's just a kind of behavior to be modified. Right. And as long as we're just cleaning up our behavior, we're good to go. Right. And that's the most, maybe that's the most destructive idea out there. Right. So I think that a Reformed theology not only can breathe Life into this conversation, but also hope and healing and and genuine repentance, you know. And and I think you really see this, and it's 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 just become um, at a crisis level after the Obergefell decision, which was the Supreme Court's decision that legalized gay marriage. That's sort of what it's known for, right? But the bigger issue with, with, with the Bergefell, I think um, is not it's not the gay marriage issue. it's the um, the way that sexual orientation was appended to the Fourteenth Amendment to be somehow this this analogy to race, but also to create a new kind of protected personhood right you know and, and I think that's where Christians just feel, really confused, you know, because if a Bergefell is right, and if there are these people called gay people, lesbian people, transgender people, on what grounds does a Christian respond to that? Right. And I think that's where Christians have to realize that that's a a false ontology. You know, sexual orientation as a category of personhood is a 19th century category mistake. It's not good for people who identify as heterosexual, and it's not good for people who identify as gay or lesbian. Your identity has to be in Genesis 127. You are born male or female, and you have a soul that will last forever and a gendered body that will either suffer uh, an eternity in hell or be glorified in the new Jerusalem. I mean, so in some ways, uh, in some ways the gospel is the best news for someone who identifies as transgender and has uh, frighteningly undergone sex reassignment surgery because there's no gender mutilation in the new Jerusalem. Right. These, these are big questions. And and you know, what a reformed theology doesn't do is it doesn't flinch in the face of empty moralism. Right. right. And I think people are hungry for that. Right. I, mean, I have great conversations with people who, for the most part, think I'm a raving idiot. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. once, once you get through the door. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, everything that you just said right there is an amazing example of being gracious. Mm-hmm. I mean, in your tone, everything, the way that, everything that you just said was completely gracious. And the fact that you're willing to sit with people, I would assume for large amounts of time and just speak with them. Um, but there's also, you know, you said that a a big problem for Christians is feeling afraid to Mm -hmm. speak. And this this, uh, this problematic definition of personhood. Right. Um, But also everything you just said is totally unafraid.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, uh,
2: is is right. it, it shouldn't be, I guess, surprising to us that the truth that God's word would be absolutely gracious and absolutely unafraid. unafraid. Absolutely, <laughs> right.
1: yes. And I right. do, I do want to bring you back to the question of language because, okay. despite the fact that I did spend my formative years and, uh, making a lot of gay friends, yeah. Um, despite the fact that um, I. I bounce questions about these kinds of things off, off Emily Thomes all the time. Um, I still, I am unsure. So can you set me straight? <laughs> this is going to be self-serving here. Here, Rosaria is on my show. I want you to set me straight. The best um,
2: part of having a show being on shows is <laughs> yeah. you get to ask your question. Yeah.
1: Um, how do we refer what, what is a way that we can both honor God and love our gay neighbor? When we talk about, Um, phrases like LGBT causes, homosexual community. Um, Mm -hmm. I am curious about the phraseology there myself because I would never talk about the murdering community or the thieving community or put whatever sin, you know, the gluttonous Mm -hmm. community. Right. Um, I would never use those phrases. um, But at the same time, I want to be respectful of the people that I'm talking to and how they refer to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is a way that we can both honor God and... Um, love our neighbor when we're having these conversations?
0: Right, right, right. Those are great questions. Um, and since I love telling people what to do and how to <laughs> think, I love to answer Good, <laughs> good. after a long day of homeschooling when people have just rolled their eyes all day. At <laughs> I'm going to listen. And less therapy dollars, thanks to you, you lovely women. Um, <laughs> first of all, you know, murderers and thieves and adulterers at this point don't have a lobbying group. They don't currently hold a protected category under the 14th Amendment. Right. They aren't perceived to be a genuinely separate and distinct category of humanity, immutable. Right. Um, so I don't think there's, I think that part of living in the world is acknowledging that there is such a thing called an LGBTQ community. It's a community. It actually exists. What there isn't is a lesbian person. What there right. is is a person, an image god, an image bearer of a holy god who identifies as lesbian. Before a burgafel, I would use the expression my lesbian neighbors, my um my my gay friends, I would use that. Okay. After a burgeon, I do not use that language anymore. I will say, my neighbors who identify. As lesbian okay my friend who identifies as trans and i do that because i can get away with it i guess that's number one (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, we can talk about why i can get away with that with my friends but i do that uh, because i want to make a very clear grammatical statement that i do not believe that lgbtq and the alphabet soup will go on and on and on, mm-hmm. is in any way an accurate description of personhood. That is degrading. Mm-hmm. And I will not degrade a fellow image bearer of a holy God. Amen. Furthermore, after a fell, the gospel is on a collision course with sexual orientation as a category of personhood. That is why organizations like CCCU have lost their mind. They have lost their, that is why people who identify as gay Christians have absolutely either no idea what harm they are doing to themselves and others, whether they're celibate or not, um, or they don't really care. But I am not going to jump in on that part of the bandwagon the gospel is on a collision course with the category of sexual orientation as a category of personhood. And there are, there are elect members of your church and mine who are as deceived as I once was. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make very clear in my language that those are different things. Now, you know, the world we live in, asks the wrong questions, and when you ask the wrong questions, you can't get a good answer out of a bad question. Any, you know, philosophy 101 student can tell you that. <laughs> um, in this current language, if you don't accept a person on their terms, you don't approve of them. Right. And I think it's very helpful to really you know, take all of our friendships now that we've made over the course of these years and cash in on them. And this is what I mean. I had a friend about a year ago who called me up and said, Rosaria, we cannot be friends any longer because you do not approve of me. And I said, Ruth, what have you done that I don't approve of you? And she said, well, you might not know this, but I am a lesbian." That is who I've always been, even though when you knew me, I was married with three children. This is who I really am. This is who I always, this is who I have always been. And because you don't approve of me, we cannot be friends. Now, this was a dear friend of mine. We were neighbors for years. We, you know, potty trained kids together. We, we knew each other very well. And I just, I just took a deep breath and I said, Ruth, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that you ever thought I approved of you. I never approved of you. We argued over chicken nuggets, Pixar films, all the biggies. Remember that <laughs> spanking? Do you remember the argument we had over spanking? <laughs> <laughs> right. I laughed out loud, and she said, "Wow, I never approved of you either." You know the meals that you would make for me when I was pregnant with 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 Sally? They were so awful, I had to flush them down the toilet. <laughs> I never approved of you. And I said, okay, good. I'm glad we've established that. You and I have never approved of each other, but we've always loved loved each other. Now, who's changing the rules? Right. You know what I mean? We have to be willing to stop. Yeah. We have to stop this ridiculous, interpretive, mangled idea of personhood and say, look, grownups don't approve of each other. I mean, unless they're lobotomized, right? Right. They just, there's always going to be something that gives us a critical edge, but we can love each other. Right. Now, who's changing the rules? It's not Christians. Amen. And I think it really helps when you can reach across the divide and say that to somebody. Right. And remind, you know, because what, what, what we're doing is we're holding the mirror Of the Bible up to someone we love and we're saying what would happen if you look into this mirror you know the LGBTQ rights community gives everyone a mirror that's a little bit like a mirror at the state fair you know it's 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 close. You can kind of recognize like that's your brown hair or Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the, you know, those are the Birkenstocks I'm wearing. It's close, but it's so distorted that you have to work really hard to think that's you. That's not, that's not the mirror that the Bible holds up. And the reason is because we serve, we serve a God who rescues us and wherever you are, if you repent, if you fall on your knees and you honor the Lord Jesus, then that rescuing help is right ahead of you. And, you know, and that's why parents who, who feel like they've lost children to the LGBTQ community need to take heart. The best days are, yes, are yet to be. Jesus is always ahead of us. Christians are not called to be sentimental. We're not called to look back and, oh, you know, lap, you know, 10 years ago, those were the glory years. Right. That's right. That, that's an anti-Christian sentiment right Absolutely. there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Amen. You know, I had a uh, I was trying to explain to a friend of mine last night like what a crazy big deal this interview was. <laughs> and what? I was trying I needed I needed them to know like this is why this is a big deal and so I was kind of explaining who you are and and um Uh, My friend said, well, is that like, do you think that's all like she talks about is homosexuality? And I was like, listen, every page of her books have something that brings you back to the gospel. They're filled with Bible references and a discussion of sin and just reading your books. It just... And even now I'm seeing it happen in real time, asking you a question. You're always going back to scripture and always going back to the gospel. And it's just so encouraging to see that modeled because I think that we have failed to do that in a lot of ways, which is why we're potentially why we're in the crisis that we're in. Specifically in in this way. Right. Specifically with this issue of it's like, you're right. We're the church is on a collision course with these issues (laughs) And we have to be able to take it all of it back to scripture because it's not it's not an issue of of just trying to understand your friend's brain. Um, It's where are we pointing them back to scripture? It's not over arguing. Are you born gay? That's we're focusing on all the wrong things. And so hearing you model the right answer, which is taking it back to the gospel and taking it back to scripture and taking it back to our sin nature I think is just so invaluable to the church mm-hmm. and to all of us, whether or not we know anyone who's gay and you probably do yeah. <laughs> whether or not, you know it. Right. Um. So it's just really, it's really encouraging and um, seeing you do it in real time, not just in reading your books has just been really a blessing for me.
0: Oh, good. Well, I have to do this for myself. I mean, you understand yeah. that, right? yes. Oh yes. This is- oh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, this is all, this is all about like, staying alive right as I see
1: it absolutely okay well do you have any other questions for her except for our fun question
2: just our fun question just our fun question Ooh, I can't wait what's our fun question okay so what I did was um (laughs) I looked through the internets for some I know that um you haven't been a professor since 2000 and mm-hmm. you consider yourself a visitor on campus huh? now. I am very but much a guest. For some reason, <laughs> you went back to it all. And you became a professor again.
0: What? I went
2: online and I found This is a fake scenario. I found some <laughs> I found some crazy and unique courses that are available. Real Ooh. courses that are available at real schools oh Oh, i'm Um,
0: sure you have so
2: so, um basically i'm just gonna list these out for you and i would like you to tell us which one you would want to teach (laughs) and why
1: i haven't heard these so i'm
2: just as i'm excited i don't know what she's about to say right um okay so a (laughs) bagpiping, b bowling industry management and technology I, as far as I know, the technology of the bowling ball has not changed much. But apparently, <laughs> there's a lot happening. Um, C, politicizing Beyonce. <laughs> and D, nautical archaeology. Which would be, I assume, shipwrecks. Like, diving and right. going and Atlantis? finding amazing old things that are down at the bottom of the ocean sounds fun to me okay so which would you most want to teach
0: (laughs) and why yeah i hate i just hate to say this to you but i'm just going to tell you that i left as a tenured professor and you know what tenured professors do what they make up their own course titles that's right Ooh. that's right (laughs) is she gonna gonna throw us a curveball what are you going? to yeah, I did. Ooh, I did. I did. Okay, but you know, it's funny. It's funny though that you should ask. So you have to ask me a different fun because this. Not, I'm turning it into a not fun. I'm really sorry. I am it this not fun. It's okay. My um, dad did the
1: same thing. So you're in good company. Yeah. I,
0: I know. There's something. There's yeah. Our, it's it's the age too. I'm just. I mean. I'm in one of those post-menopausal not fun ages.
1: I don't so buy it. I
0: don't buy it. Yeah. No. No, I, I would make up my own. I, I would, I would not, abs- I, at this point in my, in my life, I would not accept any of those. Okay. Well, make up your own. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Do, you Do you have one fun question?
2: Well, so should like, we make up, like should we, should all three of us make up? Oh yeah. Our own course. Yes. Okay. If I was
1: going to teach something at college,
0: have you guys earned the right to do it? I'm sorry to ask that
1: question no, no, no. I have I have no right uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay. I have zero right to teach anything in college. okay right.
0: um, but okay.
1: in this fictional
2: universe
0: in this fictional universe okay. where, where
1: I have earned the right, let's see what would I teach i
2: would uh, interdimensional social media micro etiquette. Mm, that's I no. That. no.
1: <laughs> I think I would flunk out of my
0: own course to be completely honest. Well, could one of you teach a course on how I could manage the plastic dinosaurs, the Legos, and on all of those matchbox yeah. cars that seem to end up plugging vacuum cleaners mm-hmm. and under my bare feet in the morning? That would be great. My house, I would, think the house
2: would tell you no, I couldn't. <laughs> that would be um that would fall under um container technology and management I believe <laughs> okay, <all
1: right. laughs> okay. All right. so in the fictional universe you can teach that one because you'll have it mastered right
0: oh, yeah I don't know if, if, if I guess under the rubric of what humbles you doesn't really hurt you I guess I have that, that mastered Joy what would you teach
2: Um, um I'm sorry I'm going to be totally boring but when I saw nautical archaeology oh, no. I was just like that's what I'm going to teach <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, yeah, I just, if I could be in the ocean for, a very, yeah. I mean, I know as a teacher, I probably wouldn't, it would be like, <laughs> it would be a very hands-on course. Right. Right. So you'd like yeah. open my door and it would just be like a big fish tank.
1: I feel like we both would want that because the first, you know, movie I remember loving was The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did in her spare right. time was she looked
2: for Sunken. Well, and we're both a little obsessed with Titanic.
1: Right. I have a problem. If I
2: could go (laughs) go see see the the Titanic Titanic right now, I would want to go to the Titanic right now as is more than as it was. Me too. Just to see it. For sure.
1: Absolutely. I don't know what our strange fascination with that is, but we both have it. So, (laughs) Okay, Rosaria, we have taken up more of your time than we asked for, and I just can't even tell you how much I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, I'm grateful for both of you. And this was a really, I enjoyed our conversation very, very much. Oh. So let's let's do this again. Can we do it again? Oh, you heard it Absolutely. here. You heard Especially. it here, you guys. Since it's not, it's, it's, all, it's all audio, not video. So you <laughs> actually don't know that I'm sitting here in my pajama bottoms, you know, okay. it's all good. I <laughs> love
1: it. That's the best way to do it as right. a homeschool because mom. I love it. You got it. We can definitely do that.
2: And we, this, there's been, this won't even be the first episode that where someone's been in their pajamas. Yeah. So it's been recorded. Of course not. That's like like the great great joy of all of this. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right.
1: Okay. Will you leave us with one encouraging word for someone who is taking a break from homeschooling their kid right now?
0: Oh, taking a break, as in like you're beating your head against yes. the wall. Yes, <laughs> that kind of break. Okay. That, right. that
1: that moment that I'm sure you understand. The oh, one yeah. who's
2: like, I'm giving this all up to go teach undefined gender inclusive nutritional studies. Yes.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, actually, actually, what used to happen to me when my kids were little is I would just watch the yellow school bus go by my door, <laughs> and I would just think, Do you have room for just? <laughs> <laughs> They're little they're so little they won't pick up too much room right um, right yeah you know what I I will just say that that for um for us homeschooling our children has been the the biggest challenge that we have faced and, and if you know just a quick Google search on me might suggest that I've <laughs> that I face some challenges but but also um one of the one of the highest yield rewards and our two youngest are now 11 and 14 and it is amazing to see the way that the lord has really blessed them and blessed us through the 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 daily grind and the um the thankless sleeplessness and the amazing clutter of paper, and the expense of of curriculum, we have been uh, so greatly blessed by it that I would just say, find a friend who homeschools, and send either a primal scream text message, or with her permission, phone call with a primal scream, and then get right back Mm -hmm. to business because, um, I truly believe that this was, uh, the way the Lord intended Christian families to inculcate, um, a gracious and committed engagement with ideas in the world. And, you know, we're not in the garden anymore. I guess I don't have to tell you all that. We (laughs) are not in the garden anymore, Mm -hmm. but we are called to steward ideas Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we're going to train up a generation to do that if we send them to the Philistines for training.
2: Right. Right. Amen.
1: Wow, that was so encouraging. Just...
2: What do you what kind of things do you think we'd be teaching if we were in the garden? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'd, we'd be we'd be, you know we'd actually be enjoying, uh, I mean, things would go fairly easily if this was a pre, you know, pre Genesis three experience.
1: Right, right. Oh, Rosaria, you were such a joy. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now She's like, what did the garden look like? (laughs) We're recording
0: another episode.
1: (laughs) Rosaria, thank you so, so much for coming on today. And I just can't even tell you what a pleasure it's been.
0: Thank you. Well, Lord bless both of you. Thank
1: you so much. All right. We will, um, I will definitely be inviting you back on this show. And um, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Lord bless
0: you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Well, that was awesome. It was. And my palms are still sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) I've
2: never been nervous before in an interview before. She's the nicest person we've ever met. She's the nicest person. And maybe I shouldn't. That's well, totally <laughs> offensive to everyone we've ever had on. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not the nicest person we've ever had on, because
1: I told you I I was I was telling Joy like uh, we we're trying to make sure we come up with like good questions to ask her, and I'm like the thing about Rosaria is that you'll and this happens when I read her book, and this happens when it happens when I read her articles or watch her videos is she's asked a question and then you'll be thinking ahead of like what the follow up question's right. going to be and then she'll answer it right. like already for you because she's just so sharp. Right. And she just gets it. Right. She just gets it. Right. Anyway, I hope you guys were encouraged. Um, there's
2: no way they weren't.
1: There's no way you were. If you weren't encouraged, you weren't listening. We've had so,
2: <laughs> we've had, uh we've done so many episodes where people have had a problem mm-hmm. with our episode. Mm-hmm. I don't see how anything said so. in this episode, yeah. other than maybe if it was me, what I just said. Um, I don't, I, yeah. If you have a problem yeah. with Rosaria, I don't know what's wrong with you.
1: Just something's wrong. She's just the sweetest. That was so great.
2: She's so nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was really, that was really amazing.
1: I hope my hands start, stop sweating.
2: You guys, there's no way that you guys, um, weren't as blessed right. by that as we were.
1: If you want more blessing from Rosaria, I highly recommend both of her books. The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert was her first one, and last year she released Openness Unhindered, which is currently rocking my world. Yeah, every page is just like scripture, 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 and like everything she says, it's like it's like reading an exegete. Right. Um, and it will just bless you so much. So I highly recommend. Um, buying those books and we'll throw the link up on our website. Oh, and it sounds like we're going to have her again. And we're totally going to have her again. She liked us. What? All right, you guys, if you haven't yet, hit us up on patreon.com slash sheologians. We're still only two-thirds of the way to our goal, so if you want more Rosaria and or me and or mean joy... Joy is the right. nicest, please. enjoy joy
2: and nice joy mean- or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what to offer you guys anymore.
1: <laughs> Hit us up on Patreon. And we'll see you guys next week. See
2: ya.